Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. I recently left my successful career and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. Today I have my sister Nandu. What's up, Nan? Hey, happy to be back. So excited for today's episode. Today, we are going to talk about skincare, Botox, fillers, mid-30s preservation, honey. We are going to talk about all of it. And so many people ask us about our skin. I know. It's like sometimes it's good attention. Sometimes it's bad attention. But yeah, we get a lot of questions about our face and what we're doing to it all the time. Yeah. And I think it's the delivery. Some people want to know because they want to talk shit about you. And then other people genuinely want to know so that they can go do whatever we're doing. Yeah. And we're all for sharing and being transparent and open, even with the haters. So everyone, it's a win-win for everybody. Exactly. And so I guess let's start from the beginning. I basically started getting acne as soon as I got my period. I got my period when I was 11. And at 11, I started getting massive pimples 
all over my face. Having said that, we come from an acne-ridden family. It's in our genetics. Both our parents have had severe acne. Dad has a beard, so you don't really see it. But most of our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and uncles and cousins, everyone has had acne. Yeah. And I think adding, adding to that mix is when you're a per, like you have brown skin. And so not only do you have acne, but you have like this horrible scarring, pigmentation, discoloration. It's like a whole mess. <laughs> we also come from a very vain family. Looks was always emphasized in our house and not just from our parents, from our grandparents. Everybody in our family is very into looks. Like we come from that family. When you land from a trip, the first thing they tell you is whether you look good or bad and whether you've gained weight or lost weight. I know. I think mom had to start telling like people to stop commenting on my weight for, to, in order to see me more often. <laughs> I'm like, I just got off a 17 hour flight and you just told mm -hmm. me I look like garbage. Mm -hmm. Or it's like every time I like see our grandparents, I love them to death, but they'll say something like, why is she wearing such a loose shirt? Like there's always a comment about my outfit, but even you. Yeah, it's always, you know, some sort of criticism, but that's how you build thick skin. I, mine is still thin, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I think I'm an armadillo. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it takes a lot to do what you're doing to go on TV, to be, you know, so transparent, to have a podcast, to like film every second of your day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And so back to where I was, I was in middle school getting acne. I was literally going home and crying every day because a lot of people don't realize also we grew up in Miami. Everyone's gorgeous, even in middle school. Like we were just yeah. hideous, brown with frizzy hair and acne ridden skin. And we definitely stood out, not in a good way. Yeah, not in a cute way. You know, we had oil braided into our hair and yeah, you can hairy legs. We're just also really hairy. Yeah, but I have to say that we did always look neat. And clean. Right? We never looked, yeah, we never looked messy. But yeah, definitely not pretty or cute. <laughs> I don't know how both our parents are, you know, like dad's normal hairy and mom's hairless. And me and you have more hair than our brother, Victor. Our brother. How? I don't, I don't understand. I think it's just another test from the universe. You know, I don't understand the reason for having, you know, a, a size beard. 11 Why foot. Why do we have beards? <laughs> a size 11 foot you know, hair, like sideburns that connected to like the nape of my neck. I mean, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> we but thankfully, so thankfully, we've, which what we're going to talk about is we've had parents who, because of their vanity, were like, okay, our kids can't have jacked up teeth. Okay. My daughter has a beard on her face. Maybe I got to take her for some laser, you know, th so thankfully we've had parents who've intervened team braces for six years. Yeah. And I, and I had them for like four and I still want to get veneers. So <laughs> sorry, dad. <laughs> so, so mom took me as soon as I started getting acne, mom 
took me to Ginter Khan. Dr. D Ginter Khan, rest in peace. He died in 2014 at the age of 80. He was like a pioneer with hair growth, but he was also one of the best dermatologists in the country. And so mom took me to him and I started using Retin-A, pres prescription Retin-A, and that helped a lot. Yeah, I've also had a history. I went to Ginter Khan myself and I think he put me on some medication, like oral medication. And then also same thing. I was on like a routine of using a very gentle cleanser or Retin-A product for the acne as well. I was also ratchet and using proactive and I don't know how I got the money to order it, but I called like 1-800-PROACTIVE and it was in the mail and I was using that for a long time. I think I was like secretly using yours too. And <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that shit doesn't work. Sorry, proactive. Disclaimer, like if you're, you know, up late at night, it doesn't work. Like, don't do it. Don't make the call and order the proactive. Like, there's no easy quick fix solution to having problem skin. Like, why is Kendall Jenner promoting it? I don't know, but proactive. I don't know. What is her, what is her moon app? Like what is like her noom or moon? What is that? I don't know. I don't know what Kendall promotes, but she should promote the truth, which is Botox, filler, and Beverly Hills skincare, right? Which is what we're going to promote today, even though we don't look like Kendall Jenner. We're doing all this and we still don't look like Kendall Jenner or any of the Jenners or the Kardashians, but that's okay. We're on our way, honey. We're on our way. The glow up is in process. Work in progress, glow up. Okay. So we also were both using Retin-A and we still do to this day, which means you have to wear sunblock and you have to wear a hat if you don't want melasma and hyperpigmentation because we're fucking brown and that's what happens to brown skin. So for most of our lives, we've worn sunblock and worn hats. People are always like, why do you guys always wear hats? Because we're fucking brown and we use Retin-A. Yeah. And it also, you people are like not aware that our dermatologists are also telling us to do this. And these aren't people that are, you know, don't know what they're talking about. They're like, the sun is horrible. And you need to protect yourself if you're out for a long time, especially the sun in Miami. And you need to, you know, wear sunblock every day, which we've been doing for a very long time. So when people ask me, how is your skin so great? I'm like, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice, but that was important to me. You know, I hated my skin because of the acne and just looking so different. And it just, that I just wanted to, I was willing to do anything it took to just improve the quality of skin. And part of that is wearing a hat wherever you go. Right. We've been all over the world and we've had to wear a hat, but it's okay. It's worth it because now people ask me how I look young. I would say that's a big reason. It's because I don't hang out in the sun. Yeah, you don't. And that's also, I think you're going to see the benefits of that. Not so much now, but you're going to see it like 20 years from now when everyone has like those famous brown Indian patches on their cheekbones and, you know, very, you know, aged skin and, you know, dehydrated skin, you know, hopefully we're going to look as pop and as mom. Yeah. And so we also went to Sandra Lacayo. Shout out to Sandra, who gave us facials for over like 15 years. We were getting monthly facials because we were getting acne and we were using tretinoin, which is the generic version of Retin-A. But 
Yeah, we were also getting facials. So we were blessed to have a mother that wanted us to look good and did all of this for us. Like she took us to the facials and paid for this, obviously, from middle school through college. So I think I did like I wasn't getting facials as frequently as you. I think I was doing more of the oral antibiotics because I think my my acne was a little more intense than yours. I was getting like cystic acne um, and you were getting like pimples with a head, but mine had no head. It was just really big, painful cystic uh, sores on my face. So I didn't really get a lot of facials. Yeah. So you did take Accutane. I did. So I started with Ginter Khan. Then I went to Dr. Woolery, who was a specialist in, you know, dark skin. Then I went to Dr. Sullivan and Dr. Sullivan, um, love him to bits, haven't seen him in over 10 years, but he recommended that I go on Accutane because he saw mom's skin and saw that mom had the marks that she did and was like, okay, we want to prevent this. And you have very thin skin. So it, you're not probably not going to, your skin's not going to heal from these scars very well if you continue to get these big cysts on your face. And I had about like 15 cysts on my face. And he was like, you, I think you're appropriate for it. It's very controversial because it's a very um, strong drug and there's a lot of side effects, even psychological side effects. But every month I would go and I would do the uh, pregnancy test and I had to use like special bombs for my lips because one of the symptoms is extremely cracked, severely cracked and dry lips. Um, I did lose hair when I was on Accutane. I lost a lot of hair on my scalp on Accutane, but the cystic acne did stop. I did two rounds of it. However, at one point I noticed a couple months after stopping the acne came back and I was like, I can't keep putting these drugs in my body and I just stopped. But yes, I did go through Accutane and the, although temporarily the effects were incredible, it was so nice to have a face without painful pimples. Cause I think something people don't mention is it's not so much vanity, but pimples hurt. You go to sleep at night and your face is inflamed. There's like seven, it's like seven boils on your face that hurt if it's cystic, you know, and it's an infection. And anything hurts wearing glasses or like sleeping on the side of your face. And then as a girl, you know, as a brown girl, you're like, okay, first of all, I'm dealing with like beauty standards and just looking different. And then now I have these lumps on my face and I feel even uglier. And so, yeah, I think taking the Accutane was worth it because it cleared the acne and I had some relief for a while, but it wasn't a long-term solution for me. And there were a lot of long-term side effects, like the hair loss, which I haven't How fully old were recovered you from. When you took the two I rounds, was, I was 20, 20, 21. I got horrible cystic acne in my 20s. Weirdly, I would get like one or two cystic pimples like prior when I was in high school and middle school, but then it got really bad in my 20s. And I'm not really certain if it had to do with like weight gain or diet. I mean, there's so much information now on like nutrition and the gut biome and how, you know, the gut and the brain and the skin all send information to each other and how that affects your skin, basically. You're, you know, your skin is your largest organ, right? Yeah. So back then I knew drinking water helped. I would, you know, do blue light therapy, red light therapy. Mom would take me to this lady and do the therapy on my face, but nothing was working. So 
mom, we trusted Dr. Sullivan. I had been going to him for two years and everything he had suggested from oral antibiotics to topical skincare wasn't working. And at the time he was like, this is a controversial drug, but it is FDA approved. It's not approved in other parts of the world, but I really think you need this if you want to avoid having really bad further scarring on your face. Yes. And you did have laser hair removal as well. I did. So a lot was going on around this time. I had my, I did hormonal checks and everything was balanced for a long time. I thought I had a lot of testosterone, like there was an imbalance in my hormones, but apparently my levels were Dr. Sullivan actually had the test done because I was thinning hair on my scalp. I had cystic acne and he was just wondering if my hormones were off, but the hormone tests came back fine. I didn't have extra testosterone um, causing the acne or the hair, you know, the thinning of the hair. But yes, so I had hair on my face, on my neck. It was just peach fuzz, but, you know, Caucasians or Europeans generally have a lot of hair, but it's like blonde or, you know, it's, it's, it's called peach fuzz. You can't really see it. It's like the fuzz on the peach. But for me, it was dark and my, I wasn't, you could see it, you know, it was dark hair all over my neck and on the sides of my face. And so I did about 15 rounds of laser hair removal on my upper lip, the sides of like my sideburns and my neck. And till this day, there's like maintenance involved, but it's so much better than it was. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to New York and I would say that's when I really took an interest in my own skincare because, you know, I was still getting acne. I was still using Retin-A and then I was earning a lot of money, right? And money affords you to do nice things for yourself. And that's something that was important to me. So I started going to Dr. Brandt, the famous Dr. Brandt, rest in peace. His products are, you know, sold at Sephora. He's a worldwide household name. And I would say that's kind of when things started changing for me for the better with my skin. He is another doctor that told me, don't you dare go in the sun. The sun is the devil. (laughs) I love anyone who says that because you feel like an outsider so much of the time wearing your hat or turning down invitations to lay out on the beach. And it's when you hear like the professional who went to Harvard or wherever he went saying, you're doing a great job, hon, keep it up. You're like, great, I need that encouragement because a lot of people don't understand. Absolutely. And so I started doing Fraxel Dual and Clear and Brilliant and Pico laser, all these lasers to just kind of smoothen the texture of my skin. And that's really what helped. And I continued using Retin-A, I I do to this day. And, you know, I loved Dr. Brandt because he didn't try to sell me anything. He has so many products. He didn't try to sell me anything once. And at the time he told me I did not need any filler or any Botox. And so I would say in the New York years, I spent a lot of money getting those lasers. Yeah. And that's something that I'm actually making an investment in now, you know, so late in the game. I think I did it. I don't want to say it in the wrong order, but I started focusing more on Botox and filler. And only now am I like, wait a second, like get everything out of my face, 
I want to work on my skin again. Um, but I have to say that getting, when I moved to LA, just like you, I all of a sudden was earning well, and I had the capacity to choose which doctor I wanted to go to and make decisions about what I wanted to do with my face. And I chose to start with Botox and filler. because. And then I noticed after getting the Botox and the filler, my acne stopped. The acne just, and I didn't notice it immediately. I noticed it like a year later, looking back on pictures. And I was like, holy crap, I still had breakouts you know, at like 27, 28 years old, I always had one or two pimples on my face and being, you know, having melanin in my skin, the pimples aren't like pink, they're purple and they scar purple. And I noticed once I got the Botox and the filler, it all went away. And people were asking me, what, what are you doing to your skin? And that was the time I stopped going to a doctor. I stopped going to a dermatologist. And for two, two years, three years, I wasn't going to any skincare doctor. I didn't have a specific skincare regimen. I was watching YouTube videos and buying what Huda Beauty would use or recommend that was available at Sephora. And my skin was all right. In terms of pimples, I had none. And people were like, your skin looks great. What are you doing? I was not drinking water. I was not eating healthy. And I don't know if this is, I think there's like articles saying that it can help arrest acne, but Filler and Botox, I think, is what stopped it because I haven't done any in like two years. And all of a sudden, I'm getting these small pimples again, you know? Wow. Well, I will say we want to put it out there. If you are going to do filler or Botox, we recommend that you go to a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon. I myself, that's what I do. I don't want to go to a nurse or a radiologist that's practicing, you know, dermatology. I don't know how, because I know it's a lucrative business. And so a lot of other kinds of doctors try to get into it. But I would prefer if you go to a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon. I've actually had experience with a variety of healthcare professionals when it term when it comes to receiving Botox filler services. So I initially in LA, so Let's get this straight. I started getting lip filler when I was in graduate school. My mom was like, she's like, okay, you've been wanting to do this for a long time. I accompanied her for a Botox appointment. And I mentioned, you know, I want to get my lips. And she's like, do you want to just do them today? And I think at this point I had earned her respect. And she saw that I was like really committed to grad school and I was heading in some sort of direction. So she's like, okay, why not just try a little? And that's, so I started getting lip filler, small quantity in grad school. Then I moved to LA and I went to an ENT that's worked with celebrities in Pasadena. And she actually told me I wanted to get my lips done. And she had told me, she's like, listen, you're a speech pathologist. Like people are going to be looking at your mouth because that's part of what you do. You don't want to go too big because it might take away from your like professionalism. People will, the attention will be not from what you're doing, but about how you're looking. Like it'll be, people will be drawn to your lips for the wrong reasons. So she had my, I did my lips with her. They were all right. Then to your point about avoiding nurses and stuff, I went to someone called Dr. Zara even though in the United States, I believe she's a nurse practitioner, but in her home country of Armenia, she was a physician. 
And she actually, some people just have a gift in their hands. And the reason I found her was on Instagram. The celebrity makeup artist, Ashley Combe was like, she does makeup for the Kardashians, for Lily, Lily Galici. So she does, uh, Ashley Combe does makeup for the Kardashians, Lily Galici, all these, you know, stars, Camila Marone, Leo's, Leo DiCaprio's girlfriend. Anyway, so she went to Zara at CRMC in West Hollywood and I loved her results. And so I scheduled an appointment and I love Dr. Zara. I highly recommend you go to her. We call her doctor, but like I said, she's a nurse practitioner in this country. She's not a physician, but some people do have the hand and the eye and she really you know, filled my lips to look so beautiful, gave me what I wanted. It wasn't a duck lip. And then at that time also, I think this was 2018, I got filler done. So I had, I asked her, I said, what can we do to give me this youthful, like pretty, but sexy look? So she did a little bit of filler in my cheekbone. Um, She did a little filler in my, in my chin. She did Botox on the marionette lines around my mouth. She did Botox on my forehead for lines. And she also did Botox for my jaw to thin it out because that was something I had asked her to do. And I think after I got all that done, a month or two later, people were just like, you look great. Like, what have you been doing? My skin looked great. Um, I had no acne. Uh, My face looked like it, like the symmetry of it looked more like appealing, at least to me, it looked prettier. And I was very happy with the results. But then with Instagram, you know, plastic surgeons, they use it as a platform to really, I guess, market their craft and what they do. So a lot of influencers were going to this place called California Cosmetics in LA. And Irene Sarah, she's a famous influencer. I loved how her lips were done at California Cosmetics. So about A year and a half later, I went to California Cosmetics and I waited like two months for my appointment and I had my lips done by an RN, a registered nurse that did Irene's lips and it was a disaster. So it's of course swollen at first, but two, three weeks later, you see what it looks like. And I had, it gave me like a mean face, like something about the way my lips were shaped looked asymmetrical. I think the left side was higher. I think my, you told me in Florida that when I talk, my lips aren't even. And then after that experience, and I had duck lips. And after that experience, I realized, okay, no more, no more nurses or radiologists uh, doing filler. It's going to have to be a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist. And now what is the difference between Botox and filler? And Let's tell the people, you didn't have a fucking upper lip. You bought one. No, I, I bought an upper lip. So for all those people who are against Botox, against filler, aging naturally and looking natural, you know, that's wonderful. I wish I felt the same way as you. Um, you can like yourself. You can think you're an attractive person and still feel like, okay, I really want to enhance my lip. Or when I smile, all you see is my teeth. So in our family, people would always make fun that like I had like purse lips. Mom calls it purse lips. And basically very thin lips. When you smile, your upper lip disappears and all you see are teeth. So I just wanted to, it started for me, it started with my lips. I just felt I would look more attractive if I could smile and my upper lip didn't disappear. So I started with 
small amounts of filler in the lip. And so filler is when you want to change the shape of something. So it could be enhancing the cheekbone. It could be plumping out a lip. Botox is to arrest the wrinkles and the fine lines and also preventative for aging, you know, because it basically arrests the facial expressions so that you're not, you're, those are all muscles. So you keep using them and then they kind of become permanent, like those lines in your forehead. It's from constantly, you know, making expressions or using those muscles. So filler is to fill, to change the shape of something, to inherence of something. And Botox is simply to smoothen out and to uh, prevent the wrinkles and the appearance of wrinkles and future wrinkles from developing because you're not using those muscles as much. And of course, how much of each you use is very individual. Some people need to get their lips touched up every couple months. From my experience, my filler actually and Botox lasts a long time. I don't have to go every six months, six months, but some people have to keep getting their Botox and filler done every six months or so because it just their body just gets rid of it faster. So yeah, the quantity you put is going to be you know up to based on the, the look you're going for. And also based on your physician or your healthcare provider or whoever's providing the treatment based on their discretion. So, of course, you see those people that look funny because their face looks frozen. That's something you probably don't want to go for unless you love that look. You want to go to someone who has a good eye and who can um, measure how much you need for your face to kind of look like yourself, but like a younger more refreshed version of yourself. Absolutely. And I'm here for it as well. I think if you can improve your looks and it's going to make you feel better, go for it. And so for me, when I moved back home from New York, Dr. Brandt had passed away, but I knew that he had a team in Miami as well. And he's only going to pick the best, you know, the the best and the brightest. And so I went to his offices here now called Skin Associates of South Florida. And I've been going to Dr. O'Connell, who is an artist, in my opinion. And for me, I had a few different issues. My face was growing wider and wider, and my jaw was starting to look very masculine because I've had severe TMJ since I was 15. You know, I wear a night guard and my face was just growing. And you could see the jaw just expanding every year. And I could show you guys, you know, you can DM me and I'll show you before and afters. But I went to Dr. O'Connell to do the masseter jaw Botox, which is Mm -hmm. a Botox to arrest the muscles in the jaw because when you have TMJ, you clench your jaw and just like any muscle, when you exercise it, it expands. And that's why my jaw was so wide at that point in time. Now, this was in 2019. That's when I got Botox and filler for the first time. I also got Sculptra in my cheeks. Now, Sculptra is a type of chemical product, I would say, that builds collagen in your body. It helps to build collagen. And so I got that in my cheeks to kind of, you know, prevent that hollow look when you start aging. And I also did 
you know, my tear trough, which I'm in the process of doing because I've had very hollow under eyes my whole life. You know, I'm that girl. People are like, are you tired? No, bitch. I've slept for 24 hours, but I still <laughs> look tired because I have very hollow under eyes and I have dark circles. So tear trough filler is, is it filler or Botox? I don't even know. Tear trough filler? Or I Botox? think it's a filler. It's a filler. That has helped tremendously. And I've done a little bit in my lip, like just, you know, a smidge. And I have done Sculptra. And so that's what I've done. I've done my under eyes, a little bit in my lip, and my masseter jaw. And I think the biggest results for me have been the masseter jaw. It's like a night and day difference. You've seen it. I look like how I looked when I was in school again. I, without sounding insane or like a freak, but this is something that I... I've always been interested in. So looking at people's faces, what makes someone beautiful is not having a perfect nose. It's not having the most stunning eyes. It's how the face harmonizes, how the, how the features harmonize together. And I've noticed a lot of, not that this should be the standard, but a lot of faces that are considered beautiful all around the world are faces where women have smaller faces. So it's like an oval-like oval shaped face or even women that have a heart-shaped face. You know, it's having those angles, having the chin protrude a little, having high cheekbones, even though you have a more heart-shaped face. But yes, yeah, so I'm not surprised that you saw the game changer was the jaw, the masseter jaw filler because when when we're trying to, when we see something and we perceive it as beautiful, it's conditioning. It's based on, you know, what we've been taught is beautiful and what is marketed as beautiful around the world. And believe me, it's a lifetime process to shake that off. So that's another, you know, podcast. But there is a reason why people are loving this masseter jaw um, Botox. And it's a game changer because it thins out your face and it, ex it makes you look more feminine, more delicate, and less masculine. Like you said, having that large jaw gave you more of a masculine look and you have small features. So you have these small features on this big face and they're lost. Then you thin out the face and all of a sudden your eyes pop out, your nose fits like, is like prominent and everything just comes together geometrically, like aesthetically, like perfectly. So yeah, I'm not surprised to me. I think People with small, women with small, smaller faces generally, like the, the size of their head or the, the width from their, you know, one side of their jaw to the other, they generally tend to be considered a lot more attractive or feminine, like feminine. We are going to have a podcast on beauty standards, me and you in the future, near future. But uh, shout out to Dr. O'Connell for being an artist and you know, one of the best in the country, in my opinion. And I also want to say genetics has a lot to do with, you know, skincare as well. For example, I eat healthy. I drink water. I am not a smoker. You know, I am a drinker. And of course, I will say I will put it out there. I have had to cut down on my drinking significantly because in my mid 30s, when I drink, I have bags under my eyes the next day. And, you know, I know why certain people like JLo don't drink because drinking does age you. It dehydrates you. It dehydrates the skin. So unfortunately, as a drinker, it sucks. I've had to cut down on my drinking drastically, you know, 
And so having said all that about diet, I still get acne at 36 and that's my body. You know, I eat healthy. I drink water. I've been healthy for a long time. I still get pimples. And then I have friends that eat like shit. They drink, they smoke, they party, they're, you know, raging. And they have flawless skin. It is what it is. I think so much of it is what you eat. And then there's just that 25, 30% that some of us need the extra help. And I don't mean to speak for all Indians because I have seen a few, you know, Indian men and women that have incredible skin and don't do anything to it and just wash with plain soap and water, which is terrible for your face, actually. And they have beautiful skin. So I don't want to say all Indians, but generally people of color, we have more to think about when it comes to even skin tone, when it comes to how we scar after getting pimples, you know, scarring is purple, it's not pink. Some of us, it takes more time for it to go away. So a lot of it is genetic. Like you said, like you slept 24 hours and, you know, I feel this way too. I feel like I sleep about nine, 10 hours and I, I still don't feel like I look refreshed. I still have darkness under my eyes. I still have hollowness. So sometimes you need that extra help because you're like, I'm doing everything I can. I'm hydrating. I'm, you know, eating a lot of greens and fruits and veggies, cutting down on red meat or like you, you're, you're vegan. And you're still feeling like you look like you got trashed last night despite everything. So it's not, it's some, you just have to work with the cards that were dealt to you. Okay. And for some of us, that means having to go and get the extra help from a doctor. And there's no shame in that. And no one said that we were all created equally in terms of like some of us, some of us having to deal with acne and hyperpigmentation all over our body. So you just work with what you have and take advantage of the opportunities that are out there step by step and try to improve if that's something that bothers you or affects you. And that doesn't make you frivolous. Okay. That doesn't mean that you're focused on the wrong things. That doesn't make you an airhead. That doesn't make you superficial. I mean, there's so much more to you than what you look like, but what, how you look, what you see in the mirror and how you perceive yourself does influence or affect your confidence. And ultimately you want to show up anywhere you go, feeling happy with the way you look, you know, and having your lifestyle reflect your appearance as well. So for those of you that are being healthy and that are exercising and that are drinking, you know, tons, a gallon of water a day, and you still feel like you have darkness under the eyes and you still look dull or tired, and maybe you need to go, you know, get a consult with a dermatologist and be open to a little Botox, a little filler, retin-A to feel like you look rested and to feel better about your appearance. Yeah. And I will say for me, I have this whole other issue where I'm allergic to 95% of all makeup. So I would love to wear concealer every day and, you know, cover up my dark circles and the spots on my face that I have just now from aging, you know, like I get spots. And so I'm allergic to makeup. So when I wear most makeup, my eyes itch and my nose runs. So it's unpleasant for me. And then my sinuses get clogged and then I get a headache. And so for me, day to day, I don't like to wear makeup because I don't feel good when I wear makeup. And so that's a whole other issue. I have found a brand that I kind of like called Ilia 
for anyone out there that's severely allergic to most products, you know, it has helped me a lot. But yeah, I think the goal right now for me and my sister is to wake up and not have to wear any makeup. And I think that happens with an investment in skincare and a dermatologist and a plastic surgeon. And guess what? I'm a hairy brown bitch. That's what I've realized. And I get pimples <laughs> and I'm 36. I've spent $3,000 just on lasering my arms, hon. Okay. It, it is what it is here. And so I think we are both, you know, investing on our skin and our faces because that's what we want to spend our money on. And if you don't want to, that's fine. We're just telling you what we've done because a lot of people ask us. I will say next on the horizon is, you know, preventing the nose from growing because, you know, with age, your nose and your ears keep growing. And so I think I'm looking into a non-surgical, you know, again, I don't know if it's a Botox or a filler for the nose, non-surgical nose job. Filler. Yeah, that's what I want to do because my nose is now growing and I see what my dad's nose looked like when he was my age. And now I see what his nose looks like in his late 60s. And uh, yeah, that's next. That's next on the <laughs> list. Yeah, I think for me, I recently went to a dermatologist to focus strictly on skincare because I just was tired of the marks on my face. So Although I don't have a lot of pimples or acne, I do have little pits in my cheeks and there's a lot of them. And so I said, I'm, this is the year I'm just going to invest in spending on really good skincare, getting those lasers done because I just don't like how my skin is looking in photographs or how I'm looking when I look in the mirror after three hours of having makeup on, everything just settles into my scars. So I went to a highly rated Beverly Hills dermatologist recently. And I had my filler dissolved from my lips. And although I'm getting used to the way they look, um, I have mixed feelings about the way they look now. But I went to her, I got the filler dissolved, and I had a skincare consultation done. And she basically said for my concerns for anti-aging, for prevention of acne, and for long-term, you know, more of a long-term approach to avoiding, you know, too many wrinkles or looking fatigued or tired, recommended a, a variety of products from the SkinCeuticals range, and uh, they're available online. And she also prescribed some Retin-A, and so I'm using that. And I'm just, you know, this was only about a week ago, so I'm kind of still in the beginning stages of rehabilitating my skin. And eventually once, you know, after a couple of weeks, I'm looking into getting the clear and brilliant lasers done. She said for my needs, I would probably need two to three sessions. So that's also another investment that I'm planning, you know, planning for. And after, you know, my skin is where I'm more confident about it. And I feel that I don't need to put things on my face to cover up a lot of you know, dark circles or uneven skin tone and marks, I'll start focusing more on maybe do getting a little Botox and filler done again. So getting my lips done again. I'm also interested in getting a non-surgical nose job, but right now that's, that the filler is not 
the priority. It's I'm glad I got it. It's all out of my face. And now I'm just focusing on improving the overall appearance of my skin. I think you actually look a lot younger without all the lip filler that you had. And now I would go and get some lip filler, but maybe minimally. But that's just me as your sister telling you what I think. I think we can say for the people listening, you can eat healthy, try to eat healthy, drink water, use sunblock, maybe use a retin-A, but then you can't really go out into the sun and invest in some laser resurfacing and some good, you know, filler and Botox if you want. But that's what we do. And we still don't look like the Jenner Kardashians. No, because it's a lot of upkeep, you know, and you need time. I mean, these lasers require downtime, you know, and now with COVID, it's a great time to get a lot of stuff done because you can wear a mask and cover your face. But if you get a laser done and your skin's peeling off, can you imagine having a type N95 mask against your face the whole day? That can't be great either. So these procedures require planning. They require you going to a responsible and knowledgeable healthcare provider, someone that's not going to burn your face off. You know, that's why you want to go to a board certified oncologist. Check out if they have an Instagram page. Most physicians usually do, unless you go through an agency that assists you with finding the best dermatologist or plastic surgeon for your needs. If you're doing the research on your own, it's worth investing the time into it. I researched the dermatologist I'm going to for about two, three years, and she didn't have one bad Yelp review, and she was very research-based, so I knew that she would know what to do with my skin because she wouldn't try to just sell me something. She you know, knows what the repercussions would be for every type of skin tone because she does research on this constantly at UCLA. So that's why I also chose this dermatologist. She had a great bedside manner. She didn't try to sell me any of her own products. And I'm happy to share on my Instagram the product she recommended for me. It's a lipid barrier moisturizer to restore, I believe, the lipid barrier. There's a Retin-A, which you're going to need a prescription for. Over-the-counter Retin-A is probably not going to cut it for people that do have a history of skincare issues or do have severe marks on their face and pigmentation. And uh, she did uh, recommend, I think we can't end this episode without throwing in the best sunscreen out there with this, the the Elta MD. Yeah, not sponsored guys, but yeah, that is the best. That's, I mean, from every doctor's office I've gone to, that's what's, and especially in Beverly Hills, that's what she's recommending. And it's 30 bucks and you could get it online. So um, that I got the tinted one. Did you get the tinted one? I like the, the plain. Oh, okay. The tinted, it, it, you can't even tell it doesn't cover anything, but don't ask me why I, 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 she's, I was told this is the best seller, the tinted one. I think mom uses the tinted one as well. So yeah, Ulta MD tinted zinc sunscreen, 30 bucks. The SkinCeuticals products that were recommended are at like a hundred something. So I've already spoken about the vitamin C Feralic, but that's not what she recommended for me. She recommended another one. Um, I can put it on Instagram. I can send you the information. You can post it on your Insta for anyone curious as to all the products this Beverly Hills dermatologist recommended I use and 
most of them are available online. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love having you. You're my favorite guest and the people love you as well. And I know you're a busy bee, so I really appreciate you coming on here. And everyone, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, guys. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.